So we'll have our first message of today by Pastor C.J. Steve Andrews entitled Tabernacles and the Gospel Realized. My first feast in Big Sandy, Texas in 1969. By the way, welcome everyone to our service today. Anyone that's tuning in today, welcome to our services today. We're a fairly small group today, but we're enthusiastically looking forward to the to the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles and, and all of the things that are uh, a part of that. And it got me to thinking about my past and all of the times that we've gathered together for the Feast of Tabernacles and gone to, to different places for the, for the feast and uh, enjoyed it. And I remember the first, the first feast uh, as a young man not so young anymore, if you haven't been able to tell. Uh, we, Big Sandy, Texas, uh, anybody that's ever big there, been there, the word Big Sandy is probably a very good word for that particular part of the, the country because it's just nothing but sandy loam there, a lot of sand. And for some reason there was a lot of weight on my shoulders back then, lots of things that were happening in my life, and I just was very, seemingly very depressed. I, I, I was enthusiastic about going because I'd heard all the messages. We had all those enthusiastic preachers that would preach the, about the tabernacles, and so here I was, pulled into Big Sandy, Texas, and they had this little parking lot where you put your car, and then you could put your tent, and all had the little signs on it where you, where you were to go and I just pulled up and sat there I just I don't know it just seemed like I was feeling so down and so depressed about things and all of a sudden I got to looking around and people were scurrying around and starting to put up tents and starting to do all kinds of things around and yeah, I can just sit here for the rest of the day and watch everybody or I could get up and go out and do something. And sure enough, I got up and I started helping people put up their tents. Now, very logically, I've got to admit, I got embarrassed later because some of the tents I didn't do a very good job of helping, but it did pull away that depressive feeling that I had when I first entered the, that uh, piece of tabernacles there in 1969 in Big Sandy, Texas. And so from the rest of that feast, I was put on parking duty, had this old black suit in Big Sandy, Texas, in the, and it was warm that year. Sometimes it's cold down there, but sometimes it's very hot. And here I was wearing this old black suit, standing out there as these cars roared by, and this was my, my Feast of Tabernacles, my first Feast of Tabernacles. And I... 
And it's, it seems like ever since I have been looking for that day when I can enjoy that feast in the kingdom of God. Every year, year after year, I, I think about the good news, that, that good news of, of the kingdom of God and what it means. Because that's what it's, we're looking towards. We're looking to the day when the Feast of Tabernacles is a reality. A reality for all of mankind. And all of the suffering and the different things that have happened down through the ages, God will take care of it. And so, I want to review the good news because it is the thing that keeps us going to the feast, keeps us looking forward to the feast. It's a, it, that gospel message that Jesus Christ brought, that good news of the kingdom of God. Everybody is going to be extremely familiar with the scriptures today. I didn't try to put anything different. I didn't give them to, to Brian, so you won't get them up on the, the screen today unless he is quick and gets them before I do. But Matthew 4.23, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news. That word gospel means good news of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And so, whenever, and in fact, I've underlined it, and I think in some of my older Bibles I had the gospel outline. I used to do that a lot, outline the different things. I would have the gospel outlined all, all through the New Testament so that I could just turn from one to the next to the next. But I got to thinking about this morning as I was putting this together and thinking about how the gospel message carries us on, carries us from one year to the next, wanting to go to the Feast of Tabernacles because we want to see the fulfillment of what Jesus brought and was talking about. And in fact, what the whole Bible is all about. It's about the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, we're very familiar with Jesus' prophecy in there, and I'm not going to read more than just one verse here. And thus the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. This gospel message, this good news message being preached to all the world, uh, heralding in what? Well, it's heralding in the time of the tabernacle, the time of, of rejoicing, the time in which all of mankind who are left on this earth after the, the battles and everything will learn the wonderful news that their Savior has arrived and that we are going to tabernacle together with God here on the earth. Wonderful. And I look forward to that day when we can have to be apart together. In Romans, the first chapter, as you, Paul uh, preached about the gospel message. 
part of that message, we have the kingdom coming, but we also need a ruler over it, the king that will rule over all. And that king, of course, is Jesus Christ. And beginning in verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to what? The good news. The good news of God. The gospel of God. Which he has promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with the power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for uh, obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are, uh, whom are you also the call of Jesus Christ. And so we become a part of this gospel message, don't we? I think that's the reason why Tabernacles is so special, because it's an ongoing look into the kingdom of God. It's an ongoing look into our part that we might fulfill into the kingdom of God. And it's something that we really, really are excited about every year. Hopefully, um, soon Christ will return. When it, we know that when that time comes, it's going to be um, a traumatic time because the world is going to go through great trauma before uh, the, the great peace of the Feast of Tabernacles come upon it, uh, which we, we looked at in the, in the Feast of Trumpets. And then there will be a great uh, need for repentance during the days day of atonement. And then the rejoicing during the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. In Romans, the 15th chapter, just one verse here. Romans 15. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So not just confined to one ethnic group, one, uh, all mankind is now a part of God's plan. Gentiles means the nations. Whenever you see that word, it means the nations. And so God, uh, and he, he, Paul was called to go out to those, what they call, what the Jews called heathens, the Gentiles, and those that were not within the Jewish faith. And so Paul was out ministering uh, the good news about Jesus Christ. God the Father, it was Spring who had brought that. Let's go to 1 Peter now, the fourth chapter. 1 Peter 4, and beginning in verse 16. He says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if first begin uh, at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the good news of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly 
and the sinner appear. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as a faithful creator. So, we, through our faithfulness in our yearly desire to see the kingdom of God on this earth, through our keeping of the tabernacles, keeping the Feast of Tabernacles every year, we are desiring that Christ return, that is, the government be set up on the earth. And with that, we also feel that we should follow God in every way. And we know that judgment must begin with us. So we must have that enthusiasm for God's kingdom, enthusiasm for that day in which Jesus Christ will return to this earth. In Mark, the first chapter, we'll, uh, more specifically about Jesus Christ this time. So there's, and by the way, there's a lot of places in the Bible about the word gospel. So uh, it, it is a, a far-reaching thing that you could study if you'd like, and even uh, cross-reference it in your Bible. It's, it's kind of an interesting uh, study that you can do with the word gospel, which means good news. And it is good news. It's tremendous good news. Not only just for us, but for the whole world. And in Mark, the, the first chapter, in just this one verse, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, which shall prepare your way before you. And so this Jesus Christ and the, and the understanding and the knowledge about Christ is good news. And it's good for the soul, it's good for the, the human spirit to understand that we have an advocate, a high priest, all of the things I mentioned on the Day of Atonement. In Romans, and of course again in Romans, the, uh, I think I already read that one, so let's, let's go over to Romans the ninth chapter. I have Romans that first chapter again. And the same verses I just read. So let's let's go over to Romans, uh, the ninth chapter, and verse eighteen. Therefore, has uh, I may have got that one wrong. Well, I'll check the next one, Philip. Philippians 1 and verse 26. <laughs> if you write the wrong one down, you will have to go to another one. To <laughs> you will have to go. He says that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conduct be as it becomes the good news of Christ, the gospel of Christ, that whether I come to see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. One mind, one faith, striving for the faith of the gospel. Understanding that the end result 
is the setting up of the kingdom of God, and not just for you and I, but for all of mankind. Because by the time that things get really bad, the world, and especially those that understand the truth and would be persecuted for that, will be praying, Father, bring the kingdom. Bring the kingdom to this earth. No, the, the gospel message, the kingdom of heaven, is also set in parables. And in the parables that Jesus gave, there are both encouragements and, and warnings. And I love the parables in Matthew, the 13th chapter, because I think that they help us to be encouraged to, to be aware of the world that we live in and also to grow in grace and knowledge and, and the things that God has set before us. And as we go to the feast to be filled with the knowledge, because there's two things. God wants us to rejoice, but he also wants us to, to hear and learn. It's a learning experience, because every day we're going to have messages that will give us, strengthen us, build us, and guide us into a, a, a greater and more... Uh, profound faith in the plan that God has set before us. And so these parables that Jesus explains about the sower of the seed, uh, uh, about the reaper, about the tares, and all of those, uh, with that, we understand that there are things that are going on that we need to be aware of, and that some people will grasp the truth and come to this way of life and, and really relish being um, understanding God's truth and others will reject it. But someday in the kingdom, I think any of us who've had relatives that just said, I don't have anything to do with that, <laughs> will understand that someday they truly will understand my mother, my father, the, the relatives that I never knew, uh, my grandfather, my, all of the relatives that, that, that came down through the ages until I came along, or that you and I came into existence and began to understand because God called us out of this world. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and that is the good news. Listen, we're talking about the good news of the kingdom of God. Uh, for those of you who go back far enough and remember XEG and, and coming out of Mexico and that part of the country and how strong it was. I was just a little kid sitting on my radio and I've said it many times before but it just, and at 10 years old you wouldn't think that I'd have any desire but I, I used to like just turn the radio on and listen to certain things and all of a sudden this booming voice came out. The kingdom of God. And, and it was a booming voice. And he would explain these things about the kingdom, about the Feast of Tabernacles, about the Sabbath and different things. And so the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one, catches away that which was sown in the heart. This is which has received the seed by the wayside. And I'm not going to go back and read the parable. I'm, I'm reading the, 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 uh, what he reveals. But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and anon with joy receives it. Yet, 
has he not root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seeds among the thorns is he that hears the word, and the cares of this word, the seedfulness of riches, chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. We live in a world full of those things, don't we? We live in a world today that has so much cell phones, iPads, TV, movies, all of those things. All of those things can take us away from the very truth of the Word of God. And so, and then I don't think I'll have any problem with the deceitfulness of riches since that's probably one of the things I haven't got. But there are other cares they could choke that word away from me by becoming a part of this world's um, thinking. He, and he becomes unfruitful. And becoming fruitful in this way is what God wants. We understand what that fruit is. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all of those that the Spirit gives us. So what, what do we really want to do? What do we, really, we want, what do we really want to receive out of the Feast of Tabernacles? What we want to receive is the fruit that will allow us to grow and bring forth either a hundredfold or sixtyfold or thirtyfold. That's the goal that we should have when we go to the Feast of Tabernacles. Gaining from the things that we're going to learn at the feast. Understanding the words that are being preached. Each of us that that give messages, think and meditate on those, and, and trying to bring messages both that will help us to understand certain things, but also to appreciate that God is bringing his kingdom to this earth eventually, and that we will be a part of it. He says, um, and I want to skip over to, to number 33, because I don't want to read this parable, I want to read the, the end result. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. To the whole was leaven. And we understand that. As soon as Christ returns and we begin to work out from Jerusalem, the whole world will begin to want to come to learn about the truth of the word. They'll want to come to Jerusalem to learn Isaiah, the second chapter, 2 through 4. That's so beautiful for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's so full of, of encouragement for the feast. But that's exactly what that parable means. It, that it's going to spread throughout all the earth. And it's going to strengthen those people that are going to come through the most horrible situation because of the tribulation that's going to come upon the world. The next parable I want to go to is uh, in, in uh, the parable of the tares. And it, he explains this in verse 37. He answered and said to them, He that sows the good seed uh, is the Son of Man. Jesus is sowing good seed in the world. Uh, and people that might pick this up sometime understand that Jesus Christ, if you read his words, this is the good seed and he's trying... There is both warnings and glorious things in the Word of God. And he's talking about the kingdom and his 
coming to this earth. And it's the good news. He says, so the field is the world. The good seed is, are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy of the Sodom is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be at the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend, and them that do iniquity. And they shall cast them in the furnace of fire, and there shall be weeping, and wailing, and gnashing of teeth. And then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father, who has ears to hear, let them hear. It is the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles when we shine forth in the kingdom. It's what it's all about, brother. It's, it's a rejoicing. That's why it says in there, why God in the Old Testament says, go to the feast and rejoice. And especially for Christians, we understand that we're rejoicing because when we're in the kingdom, we're going to be helped bringing this world back and, and taking care of all those people that have come through who have PTSD now. Because there will be a lot of those that will be suffering, that will be last, and they will be suffering, and they need help, and they need wisdom, and they need the Word of God, and they need to be able to understand that God had to intervene, or all mankind would end up completely and totally obliterated because we have enough firepower in the world destroy every last living soul. Every last living soul. Uh, a disarmament agreement didn't last very long between Russia and ourselves and China and all the other countries that want nuclear weapons. We definitely have enough power to destroy all of mankind. And so if it ever gets to that point, God will intervene. He will not allow this world be destroyed and all mankind to be destroyed. He will intervene. He will come back. It says in verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, uh, the which when a man is found, he hides for joy thereof, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. How many of us, when we really realize, really understood, really come to comprehend what this was all about. We're more than willing to give up everything so that we could be a part of it. I mean, I had friends who could not understand one thing I said to them. And I tried. Of course, I was very young in the Word and didn't have much understanding. And I tried. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And my dad, he didn't understand, couldn't comprehend. Mom and Dad, well, I probably was a little wrong in giving so much of my tithe to the, to the church, but I was so enthusiastic about what was going on, so I was giving a lot. And I wasn't being as concerned about them, and I, I really feel bad about that, but my heart was looking forward to the kingdom. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. And when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like into a net that was cast into the sea and gathered every kind, which when it was full, they drew to the shore, sat down and gathered the goods into the vessels but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the just. And they shall cast them into the furnace of fire. I shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So anyway, brethren, the Feast of Tabernacles, again Monday, beginning Sunday night, I look forward to that. I look forward to the fulfillment of it. And I want to say to all that are still here, may God be with you. May he bless and keep you. And may he bless you in this Feast of Tabernacles in understanding even deeper what it is that he wants from each and every one of us in our life. And especially in being faithful to the end. Looking forward to the kingdom.